Ezekiel Elliott is willing to take a pay cut to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. Should the Cowboys do that? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we're a couple days removed from the game. Feeling any better, buddy? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, it's 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 a it's the pain that is not ever going to go away. It's going to be with you for a while. I still carry with me the uh, the pain from uh, the Des no catch catch, the uh, the the Aaron Rodgers throw to the sideline, the uh, you know, I mean, all the way back to the 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 ninety four uh, uh, championship game where or ninety five ninety four championship game mm-hmm. where the the Cowboys couldn't quite complete the ca- comeback at San Francisco, so. It doesn't ever go away. It just kind of like lessens as it goes. I, I'll tell you what. One thing uh, that, that did make me feel better a little bit is uh, after Zeke announced that he was willing to take a pay cut to kind of stay with the team, I thought it was very gracious of you to announce that you also will be taking a pay cut in order to stay with the Locked On Cowboys. So I really, really appreciate that. Uh, that's not true, David Locked. Don't listen to that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, let's talk about Zeke. We, we've got a million yeah. Twitter questions to get to today, but – one of the common ones that a lot of people want to know is what should the Cowboys do with Ezekiel Elliott? There was a report mm. by Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News that Ezekiel Elliott would be willing to take a pay cut to stay with the Cowboys in 2023. We should mention on his contract, no guaranteed money left, uh, but his contract does run through the 2026 season. Landon, what should the Cowboys do here? It's a tough question. You know, we we've talked about it. We've talked about this scenario for a while now. And we we've spoken about it, you know, I mean, obviously I think all the way back into the training camp of last year, just kind of looking at the how this is the last year of Zeke's contract and that they get a lot more flexibility there. Uh, you know, I think the running back position is something that we've talked about has a lot of unknown going into this offseason. And honestly, I don't know that it's gotten any more known since the season has gone on. I think you clearly like Tony Pollard and you'd like to find a way to have him come back. I think it's going to be expensive. But I also think that the price tag may have changed with the injury that unfortunately he suffered in the in the playoffs game. Such a bummer so, for him. I hate which it is terrible. Him. And it's just that all the angles are very different, different and difficult. I, I will say with the Zeke thing. Part of me would like to see him return if if they could get the the money correct. And I think the the, the you know we're, we're, we'll talk about all of this hypothetical, but I, I do think that the thing that you and I most agree on is that the money's got to be correct in order for this to work out for him to return to the Cowboys. Because I think that there is uh, you know really the conversation that we're going to have is not whether you keep Zeke. Uh, or let him go it's whether you keep Zeke at a potential lowered contract or let him go there that the option of keeping him at his current rate is is not an option I would say so the question becomes is it worth having Zeke 
you know, if you could, if you could work out a, a an extension that would say, give you some of the, the a similar amount of money as cutting him like back into your cap through guaranteeing contracts, reducing his base salary to, to vet minimum, all the roster mechanisms available to you. Is, is it better to have Zeke and, uh, and that $10 million or just to let him go, let him walk and then try to solve the, uh, uh, the position kind of with a fresh start uh, with a similar amount of money. And I think at, at where I stand right now is that I would prefer to have Zeke if the, Again, if the money is correct, if you're able to reduce him to like something like close to base salary and you're, and there's not a ton of guarantees, I think that makes sense to have someone who wants to be here, someone who's a good locker room guy, and, and at the very least, I think, can function as a part of a rotation as a running back. So, all right, let's, let's just talk about the money real quick. His base salary is $10.9 million this year. If the Cowboys were to designate him as a post-June 1 cut, that's what they would save, $10.9 million. Obviously, I think that's too much for Zeke coming back this year. So what's the number? Is it, hey, we're going to lower your base salary down to $6 million and give you $2 million guaranteed or whatever it is? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, I do think there is a point where the money itself is just more valuable than the player. I, I will say this about Zeke. I thought at the end of the year he was running really hard. He was running smart. Like the play that he made on fourth and one to, to get the first down yeah, uh, when yeah. he was stuffed in the backfield. It's an awesome play. But it looked like he was pretty zapped physically. Like he ju- there was a couple times where I thought the it was blocked for like a 20-yard gain and he would get six or seven. Um, and you just wonder now with him going into his age 28 season, are you better off just cutting him now, saving a little bit of money this year, a lot more money next year, and having somebody else, whether that's a Malik Davis or a free agent or you know a day two draft pick, I'm wondering if we're getting to the point where even if Zeke takes a massive pay cut, if you're not better off just moving on. I mean, I, I think it's we're at the point for sure, right? Um, and I, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know that it's so clear cut. You know, I, it's I think not, that's what the thing is because if you told me, hey. He wants to come back at four million a year. I'd be like, you know what? That's at that price, whatever. It's not a big deal. If it if that prevents me from spending a second round pick on a running back, great. But if it's eight million, yeah, okay, we're having a different conversation. Oh yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 going to have to be a significant savings if he wants to stay, uh, because I mean that's that's ultimately the point. And you know, we'll talk about a, a whole bunch of other roster and cap stuff as the as the season goes on but you're definitely going to want that 10 million dollars from z so i mean or at least as much of it as you can I, so. ideally you'd like to save enough to be able to pay most of tony pollard's contract if that's the way you decide to go um i might have some different thoughts on what you should do with that money but i think <laughs> i think that's probably the way the cowboys front office is probably looking at it if we can get zeke's number down where we can pay for 75 percent of tony pollard's contract we think that's a win for us going forward yeah, yeah, I think that's probably their thinking. I agree. All right. Uh, lot's going to happen with this Ezekiel Elliott situation. I don't feel like this is a Demarcus Lawrence situation where it's mm. a little easier to figure out. This one is tougher, at least in my mind. Uh, we will keep you guys updated there. Uh, Landon, when we return, our next question. Was this a, a successful season for the Dallas Cowboys? I will be right back to answer that question. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is my absolute favorite. I 
literally use it every single day. Made a little bit of money on uh, this weekend betting on the 49ers. Uh, we're really excited about FanDuel. It's the official sports book of the NFL. If you're new to FanDuel, it's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports so fun and easy. Here's the best part. New customers, if you join today and you get started, you can get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from money lines, the point spreads, the player props. You could even bet on whether Brett Maher is going to miss his first extra point of the game. Which <laughs> he did. I think it was like plus 700, whether he would miss it or wow. not. Uh, you can combine all your bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Thanks again for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. And subscribe to Locked On NFL Podcast to get daily conversations of the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday. And on Monday, the local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Landon, next question from Gorham. Uh, with time to process it, how do you sum up the season as a whole? What good can be taken from it moving forward? And would you consider this a successful season? I, I, so I think the successful season thing is like that's a preference to a lot of folks, right? Like, I mean, it's easy to say, you know, that anything short of a Super Bowl is unsuccessful or – um. You know, I, I think that the team took a step forward. I think that, that you know, they got a, a, a step further than they did last year. I think they, they had a better team than they did last year. Um, I, I think that it's hard to, cons- like, the, the problem with, like, calling it a success or a lack of success is that, like, you know, the, the idea of that is that you kind of continued that motion forward to kind of continue the successes a little bit. And I just don't know, like, how I don't know much more. Like that. I, I don't know if they're going to be able to continue. Like, yeah, like that's the thing is it feels like every year is a rebuild to a large degree. So I, I think that they they got further than they did last year, which is is good. And I, and, it's, and for the core members of this group that will continue to be on the team, I think that that's a positive development. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think it's hard to to. I think it's all back on a personal on a personal level whether you want to call a football season a success because if, if you're going to hold it to the standard that anything short of a Super Bowl is is an unsuccessful season, then you're probably pretty disappointed for the vast majority of your life. So I, I well, enjoyed I, the I, season. I, I get yeah. that. Well, yeah, you certainly get that. I you know I I certainly think that that it was a good season. I'm proud of a lot of the things that the team did throughout the season, without a doubt. Um, it's hard to call a, a season that you didn't win the Super Bowl a successful season, but it certainly wasn't like a brutally Failure. disappointing season by any stretch of the imagination. I would say it depends on when you ask me, right? Because I can tell you how I was feeling after week one when Dak was injured yeah. and Tyron Smith was going to miss the next three months. If you if you would have told me after week one, hey, the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs and be the fifth seed, sign me up all day. I'll call that a yeah. successful season, right? Um, if you told me, you know, after the, the, I don't know, 
let's say after the Eagle game, the, the first Eagle game where they lost with Cooper Rush, and, I, and you told me, hey, they're going to win a playoff game. Uh, I would say, great, sign me up. And so it just kind of depends, right? It, it, it depends on what point of the season. I honestly, I'm not a big um, moral victory or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But when you win 12 games and you win a playoff game and you go toe-to-toe with, I think, the best team in the league and you beat the number one seed on Christmas Eve, I don't know if I call it a successful season, but it's certainly not a down season. Trust me, there's plenty of teams in the NFL that would love to have a season like this. They would love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if at any point you had asked, you had told me that the Cowboys were going to win their first playoff game against Tom Brady in, in Tampa the road. Bay, on, yeah. in Tampa Bay, that's a that's a that's a good season. You know, look, I, I think the Cowboys indisputably had a good season. Like, if you want to just speak speak it through it like that, success is probably like on a you know personal level. But I I tend to think that yes, the Cowboys had a very good season. They should be proud of what they did. Uh, did it end up where they wanted? No, but like no. I said, everyone's goal is the Super Bowl, and if it's not, then what are you doing? And only one team is going to actually successfully win the Super Bowl. Well, and I look at like the four teams that are left. Three of the teams are going to be so disappointed because I think all four teams believe that they should be the Super Bowl favorites, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, you're right. It's really hard to call a season where you don't win the Super Bowl successful, and especially one where you don't make it to the the championship games. But I think all things considered where I just remember you and I talking in March thinking, okay, everything that they've done is pointing towards the 2023 season being the year they go for it. If you would have told me back middle of March when they traded Amari Cooper, they let go of Lyle Collins, they didn't sign Connor Williams and Cedric Wilson and Randy Gregory. And I told you, Hey, they go further than they did the year before. How could you not call that a success? Yeah, and and the, you know, look, they they had they faced and overcame a lot of adversity this year, way more than they did the previous season, um, and I think that you know that shows growth in, in a lot of ways. So uh, yeah, I'm certainly proud of, of a lot of the things that the Cowboys did this year, uh, and I and look, not, not like we said. That doesn't steamroll. That doesn't roll over into next year. Like it, it, it may be for some players, you know, it does. But for the vast majority of this team, it's not like you pick up where you left off. You rebuild these teams every year. But I think the experience that the the core group of these players can take away from this and move on uh, will will help them moving yeah. forward. Uh, I do want to get to the rest of Goran's question because he yeah. asked what what good can be taken from this season and what lessons have to be learned to advance beyond this point. So let's let's do the good part first. What was like your biggest positive takeaway from this season? Uh, you know that that I think a sense of resilience. You know, I, I think that that there were so many different times when things seemed extremely dire at different points, and the Cowboys were able to kind of maintain focus and maintain uh, 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 you know eyes on the prize of, 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 of right what's exactly in front of them, and not kind of getting bogged down by uh, the you know the, the all the the negative energy that can come around injuries and, and, and the media talking and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think what they showed early in the season with Cooper rush, a quarterback uh, was, was, was incredible. Just rallying around uh, each other and as, around Cooper. That was, was a great, was a great showing. And then again, like, you know, going into Tampa and playing the way they did showed a level of, 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 uh, 
resiliency and also just like uh, uh, an announcement that they're ready for that level of play. It didn't yeah. work out against San Francisco because they played a very good San Francisco team. Uh, but I, I think that it showed that they, uh, you know, it felt like the, the thing that was embarrassing about the San Francisco loss last year is that they were one of the best teams in football. And then they stepped into the playoffs and they played like they didn't belong really. Especially early um, in that game, right? Like yeah. they, they were, they played so flat. There was never any point in the playoffs in my opinion, like even when things weren't going well in San Francisco game this year, I never felt the same way as I did as bad as I did about no, how the Cowboys team had was chances playing. in this game. Like they yes. were driving in the third quarter, or sorry, late in the second quarter with a chance to take a seven point lead, and they had an interception. They they just didn't play a good game. Like that's they just really didn't play a, a complete game top to bottom, uh, you know, from from the beginning to end, especially offensively. But there were at least points in this game where both the offense and the defense seeming were playing well, uh, and obviously the defense continued to play well, and the offense kind of yeah went up and then just stayed down. Um, so I, I tend to think that that's steps of improvement towards being like capable and playing in that in that uh, arena. I don't feel that same level of. Uh, nervousness going into the playoffs i think next year as i as i as i did last this year uh for me one of the big positives is cd lamb right like yeah we knew that he had the talent to be a number one receiver part of the reason why the cowboys did move on from Amari cooper is because they wanted to put cd in a more featured role and we saw that this year and he dominated like i thought he was significantly better this year than he was last year i think in the second half of the season he was absolutely phenomenal you saw the 49er game he was the only guy that could do anything whether it was on slants or screens or drag routes like he was the only player that seemed like it wasn't too big for him uh so that's fantastic let's answer the second part of that question though what lessons have to be learned to advance beyond this point Dak needs more, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the thing. Is is and that's not a that's... slight on Dak. I think every no. quarterback in the league needs more, right? Yeah. I think. I think you look at Burrow. Look, I think what the Bills are going through with Josh Allen right now is like, hey, we have Diggs, but we got to get somebody else. It doesn't mean it's not a knock on Dak at all. Then look, I mean, even beyond that, like, look at what he. I, this is where I expected. I thought that they could get a little bit further with this group than they did. But, I mean, look how close they got with this group. So, uh, to me, I think playing the San Francisco's, you know, I don't think the Cowboys had as much problem with the Eagles at the time. But I, I, the, the, the the teams that have the great defenses that you're going to face in the playoffs, you got to have that other guy somewhere. Uh, I thought that it could have been a combination of Schultz and 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 Gallup and and uh, and Hilton. You know, Gallup had a really bad game on uh, versus Tampa. Schultz couldn't quite get open the way at the rate he was against Washington, uh, and Hilton was basically a non-factor. So you, you definitely, I, I think, to to get to that next level to beat those defenses, it's time to start looking into adding another person, that adding back another kind of reliable playmaker on the opposite yes. side of CD lamb that can move around and, and kind of be that, that kind of Robin to CD's Batman sort of situation. By the way, this phenomenon of like, Hey, we need to get our quarter or our quarterback more help. Isn't just with, let's say top 10, top 12 quarterbacks. I'm reading a book right now about how the Patriots built their dynasty. And Tom Brady was a Super Bowl winning quarterback, multiple MVPs, and after the 2006 uh, AFC Championship game, they lost to the Colts partly because the offense wasn't good enough. Um, they only scored 13 points in the second half. They lost to, to 
Peyton Manning and Bill Belichick sat down with some of his scouts and said, we need more weapons. We need to be scarier in offense. They went out and traded for Randy Moss. They went out and signed Wes Welker. And all of a sudden their offense was way more dynamic despite having an MVP at quarterback. So if Bill Belichick can do that with Tom Brady, I think the Cowboys certainly explored doing that with Dak Prescott. Don't you think? Yeah. And I think again, like I hate to be the guy doing the context thing again, but you know, for all the people that are putting out there that it's, it's Dak's fault. He played poorly. It's he the, did play poorly, by the way. He did. Yeah, he did. It's it's the uh, coordinator's fault. It's the receiver's fault. Like, stop parsing this. Like, they're working as a team together. So, like, the formula needs to be supportive of all the elements. And and and, and so, like, when you're putting too much stress on Dak to create plays that aren't there, guess what? Like. That's not just because Dak's a bad quarterback. That's because you haven't provided enough for him to kind of continue to work in, in that situation. It, look, it clearly worked for 90% of the season in the playoffs. But when you get to that top level, it's it's they, the pressure increases, the angles increase. They need one more answer there. Um, and I think that, you know, they it was a good experiment to, to kind of see if they could improve their defense by kind of reconfiguring the money around a little bit. The, the Cowboys often still has all the money on this, <laughs> on, yeah. on, in, in the cap space. But I, I thought it was a good experiment to kind of try to reuse some of that money. Maybe not exactly the way they had in mind early on, but but they re- reused some of that money for, for defense. It, it, it improved the defense despite the fact that they were number one in turnovers last year. They came back and led the league in turnovers again, which is ridiculous. Um I just think that ultimately they have got to find a way to add back playmakers uh, in a reasonable price situation so that, so that that can have another alternate just in case the other team's defense is good and is completely able to take away CD lamb from your offense. All right, Landon, I want to ask you about Kellen Moore. Um, a lot of people wanting to know about Kellen Moore, whether the Cowboys should move on. Let's read this question from Robbie. He wants to know, is it time to move on from Kellen Moore? Dak needs this offense simplified. Um, and then he gives his thoughts on uh, as why Dak struggled this year. But after watching how this season went, do you have any thoughts about replacing Kellen Moore this offseason? I, first of all, would like to back up and say that I absolutely disagree that this offense needs to be simplified. <laughs> like, like I, I think if, it's the opposite. If anything, the problem with this game, with the offense, especially on uh, against uh, Tampa, was that they would they ran all their routes in silos. They ran a bunch of you know comebacks and, and deep, which routes. are typically pretty good at beating zones. But the problem is the 49ers are so good in their zones, and they've got linebackers that are so instinctful. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't normally have a linebacker that can, uh, you know, run the seam route with your number one wide receiver. Uh, they just happen to have one of those guys. So you, you need to have more answers there. To answer the, the larger question, I think I think the offense needs to evolve. I, I think it needs to take some 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 serious steps forward in the evolution of, you know, specifically route combinations that are used. You know, it's not like we didn't haven't seen, like, mesh concepts used in this offense before it's just that we don't see it very much very often i would love to see this offense continue to include and add more plays that move from one side of the field to the other that are attacking you know uh, uh horizontally not just you know in vertical silos 
Um, I tend to think that Kellen Moore, if he's back next year, needs to take a step forward in, in kind of developing what's in the offense. But I don't think the problem is that the offense is too simple. I think the problem is, if anything, they need to use – they need to be more diverse in the kind of co- passing concepts they use to attack zone and, 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 and other – you know, specifically zone against teams that have – freaks playing in the zone right like you need to have better beaters you need to have you need to have more passing options and 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 that's the other thing it's too is you know there were times when even when the option was open and Dak got the ball to the, the player I mean how many different times have we seen drops this year like I don't know the Cowboys they, they need to get a reliable pass catcher not just necessarily a guy that can get open I mean that's obviously something we're looking for too but just to get a guy who will catch the ball reliably I think would be a huge win for the Cowboys. So uh, going back to the larger question, Kellen Moore may or may not be the offensive coordinator this year. And that may or may not be the choice of the Cowboys. That may be that he gets a head coaching job. He's not the offensive coordinator. It's probably because he's the head coach somewhere else. I I don't, I wouldn't necessarily fire uh, Kellen Moore. I I certainly think that, look, he's (laughs) the number one offense the last year, or close to the number one offense the last two seasons. So, uh, I just think it needs to be tinkered with a little bit further. It got tinkered with a little bit this year. I think it improved. I'd love to see another year of of kind of in continuing to improve it and see what, where you get. And if it doesn't work, look, I think you've got one more year of Dak uh, as it stands right now without any kind of opportunity to get out of this whole situation if you wanted to do a rebuild. I think they have to find some kind of way of running it back a little bit with improved uh, uh, scheme, improved talent before that it's time to like say hey it's let's rebuild this whole thing and 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 start fresh it'd also be nice if you can start fresh or or like just have an off season where you don't lose your number one receiver you don't know if your tight end's coming back uh you lose cedric wilson who's a big part of your offense like they just had a lot of change over the off season um i like Kellen Moore. i think he's a really good offensive coordinator i think he's a flawed offensive coordinator like most of these guys are and if you're wanting to move on from him, listen, I get it. I get it. Tell me who you're replacing him with. Because if you tell me Byron Leftwich, I'm going to point right back to Tampa Bay and say, they ran the same dull offense that you were complaining about the Cowboys running. I guess that same defense, San Fran, earlier this year. Like, first of all, it's really hard to play against San Fran. Go look at what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers just did in their last two games against yep. San Fran. It's, it's really, really hard. I, I've got to know the name. Like, Brian Schottenheimer, do you really think Brian Schottenheimer? <laughs> no, over please don't do that. Please don't. I, that, that's the thing. Like, if you're if you're getting rid of Kellen Moore, you need to tell me who the name is or give me options because I can guarantee you those guys are going to be flawed, just like ninety eight percent of the offensive coordinators are in the NFL. Yeah, and again, this is just like anything else. Like, don't just get rid of somebody because you don't like it. Tell me who you're talking about replacing this with. That's that's the reality I, I think of it's this. Easier to fix some of Kellen Moore's yeah. little flaws than it is to bring in a whole new system where you're going to have to change out players and there's going to be a learning curve. Then you know just to keep a guy that's been really really successful for you over the last four years. Just yeah, uh, yeah. It's I totally agree. I think it's one of those things where you know it's it's easy to say that he he's got. I mean, look. Every year when the playoffs are, are come around, there's a layer of Cowboys fans who show up 
and make proclamations about what needs to be done after only really watching probably three quarters of the playoff game. And they look like this, right? Kellen Moore has got to go. Dak Prescott has got to go. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, and, and it's like there's no level of nuance to look and see what the actual individual issues are. They fixable. They just want to throw the human beings away because they're mad. You know, yeah. and, well, and you I know think what's funny is all four teams that are left in the playoffs right now all love their offensive coordinators. I'll guarantee you by this time next week, there'll be at least one of those teams. that's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm we need sick to move of on. Shanahan. I'm sick of him. You know, he can't get us. To he the can't call game. a game. <laughs> Just it's just what happens. It's never as bad as it seems the day after, two days after a loss. I promise you that. Absolutely, completely agree. Uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations and the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Landon, you and I will be back tomorrow to do some All-22 review. We haven't got a chance to really study the tape yet. Some good in there, some bad. We'll be here to talk about it. We're going to answer some more of your questions uh, later this week because we got a million of them, and they're all all really, really good. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Go check out the show on YouTube, uh, Locked on Cowboys over there. Go follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.